I'm just looking at the uh, web page here. And I'm looking at the two previous episodes. Latest, previous. And yeah. I, no- I noticed that one of them was called Apple's Double Agent Exposes Leakers. That's what we were talking about. This guy. It was like an inside guy. He was uh, uh, working for Apple, but then also integrating himself into the leaker community. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we're getting this guy in the show. Yeah. Or you don't want to commit to we'll, it yet. We'll try, yeah. I, I think he's uh, he's in. I heard he was receptive. Like, he responded. He heard that we had mentioned him. I've got coffee on my shirt. Ugh. That's brutal. Jeez. Although it is dark roast coffee. Tim Hortons has a dark roast. Shout out. And uh, it's got a little more body to it. So it's different than the original. But anyway. Um, Holy, I got it on the microphone too. Jeez. You know what it is? It's these cups. When you, if the seam on the paper cup is close to the mouth, you got to get the seam of the paper cup on the other side, on the back side. Oh. Because right. the seam is a weak point. You don't want to be distributing it there. Yeah, that's uh, that's terrible. They they should really fix that. Yeah, Tim Hortons, come on, get it together. Anyway, uh, yeah, the double agent. I, I heard he's coming on. You said he's coming on. We're going to see if it works out. Sure, yeah. Exciting times. Mm-hmm. Ah, as far as today goes, though, how about this? Let's have a fun one today. Willie do bring in the fun. Doritos pays teen $20,000 for a puffy chip she found in her bag. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. That's the chip in question. Doritos awards Australian teenager $20,000 for a puffy chip. 13-year-old Riley Stewart of Gold Coast, Australia is now $20,000 richer thanks, thanks to Doritos. Wait a second. Wait. You just wait there a second. Did Doritos not put out a product which was a 3D ver? Oh, they sure did. Are you yeah. expected me to go it's, here with uh, it? Called called Doritos 3D. Right. I think it's probably in the 90s. Okay. It looks like a 90s commercial. <laughs> so yeah, you have some 3D effects in this commercial with some. Uh, That's Tim Hardaway. That's an NBA player. Yeah. He was a great three point shooter. Mm-hmm. So she. F- finds the chip and they say they want to use it for marketing purposes yeah maybe to bring the doritos uh, back. okay so there maybe this person will not be the last to find maybe they sprinkle 3d doritos as a viral marketing thing people take photos of them they say hey look at my dorito it shows up on social media mm-hmm. that's what uh, doritos maybe are planning but previously uh when they didn't hear about this um, before she decided to put, post it up on eBay, where she got offers of over a hundred thousand. Wait a second. <laughs> wait, you just wait a second here, Will. Yeah. They offered twenty k, but they were outbid. Uh, yeah. Stewart posted a TikTok of the puffy chip, asking if she should eat it or try to sell it. Supposedly, after listing the chip on eBay. She had offers for the chip up to 100000 The though the auction site took it down. Why would eBay take it down? Yeah, I'm curious myself. I mean... Are you not allowed to put a food item over there? I'm pretty sure. Oh, maybe you're not allowed to put a food item over there on eBay. Doritos got in touch with her, and then they gave the 20K. They said, hey, we'll use it for marketing. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't get your um, 100, 100 Gs, but... How about this? It's better than nothing. Use it for marketing purposes. Now you're the uh, 20, 20K Dorito girl. Yeah. But this is a viral marketing campaign right here because now what you do, Will, is you have a giant treasure hunt and everyone goes and buys Doritos looking for the one 3D Dorito, magic Dorito in the bag. And it would have to be in a pristine condition. It can't be crunched up and say that it was puffy, you know? This is a huge problem. You know why? Why? Somebody's going to try to make that Dorito and say they got it in the bag. Right, yeah. How do you know? How can we verify it came out the bag? Mm-hmm. I need a video of you unsealing the bag of Doritos. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more TikToks of that. All right. Well, uh, congrats to 
What was her name? Uh, Congrats to Riley Stewart from Gold Coast in Australia. That's a nice area, by the way. A lot of nice beaches over there. You could go surfing over there, Will. Sounds great. Uh, a guy like you have a blast over there. Yeah. Tesla had their big AI day. Did you see it? Uh, three hours, a three-hour presentation. What is the view count there? It's chopped off for me ever so slightly. It's uh, 1.1 million. 1.1 million, streamed live, August 19, 2021. No, uh, the only thing that I saw come out of it was the robot dude. Did you see the actual, like, robot? I mean, I saw a photo of it. Oh, okay, so you haven't seen it dance. I have not seen it dance, nothing. We have live react here. This is a nice, amazing engineering from the Tesla team. They did something that was truly amazing here. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, but okay. I mean, yeah, that's the robot itself. Yeah. But they actually brought it in on stage to meet Elon. So this is the photo I saw. This is very humanoid. And it's coming up on stage. Look at that. That's not a robot. (laughs) That's a person, man. (laughs) Come on, dude. What is this? There's All right. Amazing feat of engineering here. I am. So what was their angle here that it's funny that we keep watching the Boston Dynamics robots dance? And so they're like, let's make it dance. Take a shot at them or what? Maybe. Yeah. Well, obviously, the there isn't a physical robot that right. they can show. So they just, Elon's humor decided to just, you know, dress oh. someone up as a robot and... Have them dance. Tesla's events are so always feel so low budget. Yeah, but that's what makes it fun, right? Forever, you have like though, the richest for, guy in the world, and then you have like this weird off-put stage. Forever, though, I don't mind it. See, that's my thing. Is 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 sometimes that cute mm-hmm. kind of thing wears off. Uh, we've talked about this already. The same yeah. thing goes with ordering the cars. Or- well, the Tesla um, stage is not bad. They did a pretty good job. No, that. no, no. I'm just saying a company of that scale compared to the likes of Apple or something like that, where right. it's so polished and tight. Yeah. They have a much more... And, and hey, it's to each their own. I don't... I agree with you to a certain extent. Things can get so polished that they feel they're lacking. There's no human left over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... It can't be funny or everything mm-hmm. feels forced. This is, it's fine. I'm just curious if we ever get to that point where there's more polish. If, it, if they, yeah, if they put together presentations that are more similar to the other right. tech giants that are out there. I'm not saying they have to or even that they should. I'm just curious if they ever get to that point. Mm-hmm. So this is the Tesla bot world built by humans for humans, friendly. Eliminates dangerous, repetitive, and boring tasks. It's five foot eight, forty-five pound carry capacity. One twenty-five pounds uh, is the weight of it. One hundred and fifty pound deadlift. <laughs> hmm. Speed of five miles per hour and an arm extended lift of ten pounds. Now, I saw a couple takes on social media on Twitter. Is he in the He's in camera the right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it. Down. It's because you got the treats on the table. I know. Yeah. I I should give him one. Anyway, so I saw a couple takes on social media that people saying, it's all great. You want to talk about having a bot eventually. But I saw a little bit of frustration around the delivery of cars. A little bit of frustration of, okay, great. How about you just get me the car that I ordered a year ago? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe that's what I'm talking about, about the romance of the whole thing. Sure. It's like once you interact with it in a more intimate way or you've been a customer for a long time, your expectations change over time. For sure. And, and the, mo- the moonshot aspect is still interesting, but you really, you, be, you grow to be skeptical about when it actually happens. Mm-hmm. So for example, if I was to say to you right now, I'm sounding like a downer right now. I like robots. This stuff is cool. I, 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 want, I like it when it's shown off. I even like concepts. But if I were to ask you right now, Will, how, what, at what point do we see 
this robot in real life? At what point do I buy it? At what point is it in this studio? What date do you do you put on that? Uh, maybe in, I would say realistically, five years. Five to eight years. You just, <laughs> don't give me no five to eight range. You really want to say 10 years is what you really want to say. Well, there's just so many innovations within Tesla. Like, they're trying to go to space. They're trying to... Well, that's not Tesla. That's SpaceX. But yeah, Elon's yeah, ambition. Yeah, like under Elon's sort of leadership, he's trying to build tunnels for cars. And it's like there's so many promises that I feel like um, AI is just one of those aspects. And it's so hard to pinpoint when are they actually going to be in production for any of it, right? You kind of see snippets of like, you know. What happens first? His projects just uh, coming up, but. What happens first out of these two things? Do I get the Tesla bot in the studio or do I get the Neuralink implant? Which one happens first? Uh, good question. I think the bot. Interesting. Okay. I mean, with the brain stuff, doesn't it take a while? <laughs> All that brain stuff. With the AI stuff, they can literally just there. build like a Boston Dynamics similar to that. I feel like it might be a little faster. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, it's just, we'll see. We'll see about these bots. I'll get one. How much is he charging for it? Did he say? No. 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 But, I mean, they're uh, just, yeah, just I guess it's just a couple a specs here. Multicam video neural networks, autopilot cameras, PSD computer, uh, neural net planning, auto labeling, simulation, and tool. I mean, the way they're showing it looks great. It looks more human like than anything Boston Dynamics has done with the Atlas or, well, obviously with Spot. Spot is on four legs. Mm -hmm. So uh, it looks cool, but yeah, it's just concept stuff. Vaporware. Hey, no, man, no, 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 geez, that's, that's a heavy no. word, man. <laughs> Apple is researching a MacBook keyboard that features a removable key to be used as a precision mouse. Key, like on the keyboard key. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that would be cool with a little magnet that slots in there. The patent application, spotted, of course, by patently Apple, is titled Deployable Key Mouse and was filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. It would be a standard MacBook scissor system keyboard with a hidden removable key and it would contain a position sensor to be used as a pointing device. So uh, literally uh, a tiny mouse. That's the size of maybe a little bit bigger than a key. Like a shift key almost. Yeah. The size maybe. of a shift key. That's what they're showing right here. It kind of detaches either from the keyboard upwards or from the side. So it's your cursor and it has a button, I guess. Probably not two buttons. I don't mind it. There could be gestures. Yeah. Touch-based gestures? Like, is it a touchpad as well? It could be. Yeah. Or like gestures like your... You sound like vaporware, Will. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have a patent. So. Removable key is a viable solution to the issue, according to Apple. In some embodiments, the key would be able to work as normal on the keyboard when it is not deployed and then feature a small battery. Wow. This this one of those things where you feel like they're uh, patenting something that they probably don't intend on making, mm -hmm. but they want to have the patent just in case someone sure, yeah. else was going to do it. Uh-huh. Apple outlined various mechanical systems to facilitate the removable key, including sliding a single or set of multiple keys out of the housing vertically, as well as a sliding key out from the side of the machine horizontally. I don't really like trackpads that much, so this is kind of a curious one. It mm -hmm. gets me going a little bit, but it would probably be so small, it's hard for me to imagine it being comfortable. That's my issue. Yeah, it can't be probably used for like a regular basis. Maybe something really quick. You mean you, you mean you don't want to do, you don't want to do any gaming with that mouse? No, never, <laughs> never. A display window is Apple's unusual solution to hide its selfie camera. A display window. Mm -hmm. So this is another patent, and uh, when I looked at the image, it was kind of cool. 
if it can really show it here. So we're of course talking about the under display camera mm -hmm. that uh, is now popularized, I guess, by the new Z Fold 3 mm -hmm. or commercially available. Other companies have done it. This is the first one that I've used or had my SIM card in. It's pretty good most of the time what they have, but yeah. they're... Yeah, implementation is not perfect. You can still see the cross-hatching thing going on. It's like a circle now, right? It's not like a square. It's a circle. Okay. It's a circle, but it looks like a screen door almost. Right, right. Uh, um, but you can only see it on a light background, mm. full screen light background, which is pretty, uh, that's not happening all the time. And it's better, I would say, or at least for me, it's less of uh, an eye catcher than having the blacked out hole punch. So it's a slight improvement, but you do see this kind of dull uh, indication of where it is. Against a white screen, then you see it even more so, but it's a tiny little cutout that they've fit in there. Now, what's funny on the Z Fold is you already have, you also have the front-facing camera on the outside screen that you could use if you really needed to take a selfie. Mm -hmm. So in their case, they got away with it not needing tremendous performance there because they assume that if you're using that camera, you're going to be doing video conferencing, mm -hmm. which it's fine for that. Right. But as far as being your main and only selfie camera, that's where the problem kind of arises because do, you do take a slight a quality hit as the technology exists right now. Yeah. But in this patent, it looks like Apple is trying to design something completely different to deal with this issue if they ever get rid of the notch. Yeah, they, they were thinking like OLEDs roll so they can make like a rolling display underneath where the display would fold down and then the camera pops up. It's a weird mechanism. So it would be kind of like, um, it would be a bar, so the, the whole display would roll down a touch, and then there would be a black bar, and the camera would be there, and then it would roll back in front of it? Something like that. <laughs> or it's, um, at the top, it would just kind of like slant down. The top of the display would slant down, like right here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then the camera would like get it. slide in that position. Imagine it's having so to manufacture, weird. engineer yeah. this thing, yeah, and keep it thin and all the rest, and, and and make sure that it's robust enough to be used on a frequent basis, because it's mechanical, yeah. right? You have a mechanical component moving things up and down, and even when we had the pop-up cameras, people were super skeptical long-term about how durable they would be. Yeah. Because you have the motors going. So, I mean, it's a cool idea, but once again, vaporware. This is your example, though, by the way. Oh, the whole has, thing rolls. It is rolling, but it is at the top. Well, that, that, that one seems a little simpler because you just have a... The camera's one, doesn't move. One wheel and the camera doesn't have to move. And then just the... Yeah. But how is this better than just the pop-up camera at that point? Like, leave the display... Yeah. And have the camera pop up. I, I don't know. I don't know which is better, but the, the pop-up camera was super cool, man. When it, like, to demonstrate and when it originally became a thing. Uh-huh. Kind of sucks that it went away. I know, yeah. So, bring it back. so futuristic. Hank Azaria to play Apple CEO Tim Cook in Super Pumped Showtime series. <laughs> <laughs> so they did some sort of Photoshop there. Of course they did. So this is interesting. Uh, I love the name, Super Pumped. We're super pumped about it. It's what they always, in the events, and they're, they're kind of taking a little shot. I don't know. Sure, yeah. It could be, uh, they're having fun. Um, Hank Azarius joined the cast of Super Pumped, Showtime's upcoming anthology series about the rise of Uber. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's about startup culture yeah, and... Yeah. Everybody being super pumped about everything they're working on. In a way, yeah. yeah. And Apple is just another company that's super pumped all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Based on a, a Mike Isaac's best-selling book, Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber. Oh, that's interesting. I maybe should get that book on Audible. Audible is not our sponsor today, but no, they're, they support the show. And I'm looking for a new book right now, so I might listen to that one. That would be interesting. I mean, I remember I was at some convention 
right at the beginning of Uber. It was a some sort of a tech convention in London. I am not going to remember the name of it right now. But I recall seeing Travis, the founder of Uber, on stage when okay. Uber was not even really a thing yet. And he was, they were contrasting Uber's approach to a competitor that existed in London at the time that was targeting cabs instead of independent drivers. But instead it would be, because the cab culture in in London is a whole nother level to it. Mm. But anyway, it was super early days and I remember thinking, wow, this is gonna be a big deal. Tech Summit, is that what it was called? I don't remember. Uh, there's London Tech here. Week. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't know what the hell it was called. But anyway. Okay. Anyway, that was a young, young Lou moment, early days on YouTube. I was at some convention and but you could tell, I mean, I probably heard the words uh, super pumped during that presentation. Right. I'm yeah. pretty sure they, it was thrown in there quite a few times. I'm pretty sure they were super pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Does he look like a Tim Cook? No, not really, but I'm sure they can do it. Yeah. Because they always find a way to do it. So they, whether it's hair, like just dye his hair gray and then Tim wears glasses, right? Give him some glasses. And mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a good, I like this he's guy. Good, yeah. yeah, I like this guy. So I feel like he can pull it off. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. The Pixel 5a overheater. I saw this. I saw um, a demonstration of this actually. Did you? So apparently it gets toasty as uh, Scott Scrivens calls it here on Android Police. He says it gets toasty while shooting 4K at 60 FPS. That would be the most demanding, the most de uh, demanding video format. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Tech Odyssey. This is the guy's video that I watched on YouTube. Mm. Yup, tested it myself on a Pixel 5a, 70 degrees inside in the AC and on 4K 60 FPS. It just takes a matter of minutes to overheat. This is terrible. And then it's even worse if you're outside because it's really been really hot outside. Right. It overheats even faster. And then he mm. took it into an even cooler environment. I think it was 68 degrees air conditioning. And it was also overheating there. It was just a matter of time that you would have to turn it off and it would have to cool down. Now, this sucks, obviously. The question then becomes, is it, is it hardware or software? Is there some sort of optimization that needs to take place? Is there some sort of a way to uh, improve this? And then how much it matters to people because obviously 4K60 is a fairly high-end video recording for your demanding. smartphone. I mean, it's going to take up a lot of space. and But there are phones that do it. Oh, God, yes. There's phones right? that do 8K, 8K30. Yeah. Uh, plenty of phones do 4K60. I, I, I guess you just want it to be able to do it. You don't care at that point. It, if the feature is there, you hate hearing that your device is overheating. So mm -hmm. um, we'll probably test it out because I believe we're working on an actual little bit of a showdown involving that new smartphone, the Pixel 5a, which finally showed up. Yes, so it made it here. So I'll, I'll put a disclaimer in there in that video if, this, uh, if, this, if I can confirm this on my particular unit as well. It looks like it's been confirmed across a couple of units. And uh, here we can see compared to certain other models where the heat warning kicks in. We did some back-to-back -back testing with our Pixel 5a and a handful of other devices, and we did observe troublingly short 4K60 recording on the phone compared to other devices. Notably, the Pixel 5 seems to have the same, if not worse, issue. Interesting. So Pixel 5a was five minutes and five seconds before it cut out with the heat warning. Pixel 5 was a minute 31. Pixel 4 was 40 minutes, but that's 30 frames, so that doesn't really matter. That's way less hmm. demanding. 40 uh, minutes of shooting? Do you have enough storage for 4K that? 30. I guess enough? so. I guess, yeah. Galaxy S21, 45 minutes before I got bored. Yeah, the S21 can do it, obviously. And OnePlus 9 Pro, five minutes before it stopped with no warning. Seems to be a software limit for 4K 60. Hmm. And those tests were done at 73 degrees, which is, uh, well, of course, we're talking Fahrenheit. That's not uh, super hot or anything. So, yeah, it's not good. 
obviously it is not good. It's up to people uh, how important 4K 60 is to them. But you, when you see a feature, when you see your phone capable of something, the last thing you want is for it to tell you, hey, I'm too hot. Why are you trying to do this thing? Yeah. It's not good. Oppo introduces true continuous zoom lens for smartphones. Continuous zoom lens. So it's three separate. Oppo it's one lens. It's one. Oh, but with a bunch of elements. Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven elements. It looks sure. like <laughs> Oppo has held a future imaging technology launch event online today to make some camera related announcements following the reveal of its next generation under display selfie camera. Uh, oh, this is for an under display? No, that must be a separate announcement. That's something else, yeah. The they, first they, announcement. Okay, yeah, this, this graphic is really cool. A telephoto lens with a continuous optical zoom. Unlike periscope telephoto lenses used today, the lens elements move throughout the 85 to 200 millimeter equivalent zoom range. That's insane. So this doesn't require digital zoom cropping or artificial sharpening. It's, it's like a literal zoom lens, mm -hmm. like the one that I'm talking into right now, mm -hmm. which physically moves. Yep. Vivo announced a similar product on its Apex 2020 concept phone, but the range is more limited. Oppo isn't saying when it might ship this camera on a commercial device. Well, I, what I can't tell is the depth necessary for that contraption. It looks yeah. like a long, but maybe be, it's just so minuscule. Oh, it's, a, it's also a periscope, right? Because you see the mirror. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to put this into a phone. It hmm. must be chunky then. Well, that, that was my concern, but maybe... Our interpretation of scale here is way off. That might be far more tiny than we're imagining. Mm -hmm. They also announced that they were making like a gimbal system too, mm -hmm. which is similar to what the Vivo X60, I believe, which had a gimbal system mm -hmm. and it was super stable. So five axis optical yeah uh, stabilization make use of the lens shift and sensor shift technologies cool oh and then oh here we go oppo says it allows for three times better stabilization than you can achieve with regular ois which is also what vivo says about their gimbal style system they started shipping last year yeah it's i mean we've played with it it's mm -hmm. uh, buttery smooth as they say pretty nice don't get me started on butter and a variety of other spreads because i already uh, we already did that today we can't, An hour. We can't go into it again. Yeah, that's a lot. This is cool. Uh, the best-selling vehicles in the world by country. It's an infographic map, which is one of my favorite things to go over. But also, of course, cars and car popularity is something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And so you can see here, depending on where you live, which car dominates. And uh, we'll start over on the left-hand side. North America is no surprise. Wait, is there... Can I... Zoom in here. I feel like you're zoomed. You want to zoom even more? I feel like you're zoomed good enough. I think we're good. Yeah, we can good. move from like country to country or continent to continent. Why don't we? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Why don't we? Let's start with America. You know what's interesting? <laughs> in the Americas here, in the States, it says F-150. And in Canada, it just says F-Series. They don't break it out by oh, right. which F-Series, which is interesting. But it yeah. is the F-150 as well. So, um, yes... If we're talking about one individual badge, not like a series of cars, uh, F-150 is hugely dominant in North America. You already know it. You just got to drive around a little bit. Mm -hmm. you drive around a little bit, you see a lot of it. Um, no surprise. Mexico, the Nissan Versa. Wow. And look at that. In Panama, the Toyota uh, Helix or Hilux. Helix, I think. This truck is famous on YouTube right now for being like the most... This is what you should get, Will. A used Toyota... This is like the truck you cannot destroy. Did you know about this truck? No. Actually, I don't even think you can get it. Not easily. But by the way, I'm talking about the old one. That one. This one? No, no, no. The 1989. I know you like the new one. It is cool. But the 1989, the red one there. Apparently, uh. this thing is indestructible. Did you see this guy's channel? No. He, he, he tries to break it. Mm. He tries to beat the hell out of it. 
and it just keeps on going. It's so reliable mm. and not overly complicated. You gotta check out the guy's channel. I don't know. I feel like I, mean, I gotta. Guy's, uh... I feel like I gotta shout him out now because uh, you know what I mean. I, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta, I have to shout the guy out, right? Uh, sure. Whistle and Diesel, right? Is that the one? Killing. Oh, did Top Gear do that series as well? It looks like they did. There you go. This guy. I, I feel like so. Top Gear tried to beat up this truck, and then. What's the name of this channel, Will? Whistle oh, yeah. and Diesel. I was right. Whistle and Diesel. And so in this video, you'll see. Oh, is this the guy who was just driving this car on like uh, speed, like bumps? Trying to kill on it. On the road? Trying to kill it. Or on the field? Yeah. Dude, I think full, I saw this. full blast rattling around. It's not this video. This is, he's just telling you he bought it, I yeah, think. And then the, the follow-up video series of videos is him trying to kill it the world's most indestructible truck is it this one yeah durability, durability test it's nuts right. yeah i saw this one it's nuts man oh, yeah. <laughs> just running into things and look at this bang <laughs> anyway go check out this guy's channel we don't need to show the whole thing but Yes, incredibly durable Toyota truck. And somehow the number one best-selling truck in pro probably the new one in Panama. We can go down through a little bit here through South America. You see the Chevrolet Onyx in Brazil. The Toyota truck in Argentina is there as well. Wow, they dominate down there with that truck. And we move across the world. In China, the VW Levita. I didn't know. I can, I'm surprised by that. That it's a VW dominating in China. Kazakhstan's got the Toyota Camry. Uh, you can see the Hyundai Accent there in... Where am I? Oh, another... Saudi uh, Arabia. Lover of the Hilux in Australia. Australia. Oh, Will, I got your attention here, dude. Hmm. Look at uh, the southern part of Africa. In South Africa... Namibia, you got the Toyota down there too. Oh, yeah. And Kenya, holy cow, we just bought Will a new truck. We're just going <laughs> to have to import it, that's all. Uh, I like the fact that it's all different. There isn't really like one brand that like dominates all. No, not at all. Maybe Absolutely except for not. Ford in the Americas but uh, or North America. Yeah, you have, yeah, it's very distributed. You have uh, some other interesting ones, like Volvo, of course, over there in Sweden. And yeah. what? which one wins in Germany? That's another interesting. Germany is oh, VW Golf, right? By the looks of it. You need to look at the... Yeah, that's Germany, no? Where? Infograph. Yeah, VW Golf. And what do we have in the UK? Wow, in the United Kingdom, it's a Ford Fiesta. Oh, look, Tesla won one in Norway and the Netherlands. Number one selling car, the Tesla Model 3 in Norway and the Netherlands. Interesting findings. Another uh, opportunity to go check out a cool post if you're curious yourself. Yeah. You won't be able to play Halo Infinite co-op or edit multiplayer maps at launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just going to launch it as a, a battle pass. And battle passes for them is every three months. Wait a sec. Wait a sec here. Wait a minute here. I can't do co-op out the gate? No. Get out of here. <laughs> Unfortunately. And uh, they also have the Forge. Do you know what Forge is? Uh, it's, it allows you to customize your own maps. Or multiplayer. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. So that won't come out um, until six months. That's after. your Minecraft mode right there. Yeah. Building. Well, the, I understand that one, but the co-op is... Co-op is coming three months after launch. And then I can do story mode with somebody else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's you mean co by co-op. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that would be the one I would want to do. With or the like a horde mode or something. I would... Survival. Oh, no. I want to do story mode co-op with, yeah, yeah. with my kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to so do. So that's in like... That's after... 
the launch. So that's in three months after launch. So I got to play it first, just solo, yeah. taking turns. Yeah. Which is such a bummer. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But I know they've had trouble getting this game ready to go. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I'll be happy either way. I haven't played Halo in a long time. I should go try to get the kids interested in it. I was like, you know, there's a new one coming out. Maybe you want to play the old one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll cook you guys in that game. And they're like, no, you won't. And then I didn't. So <laughs> they just picked it up. Then I mean, they'll pick up anything. Those yeah. guys are, you know, you can't compete with the youth on that stuff. Right. Well, yeah. You got to understand. Oh, I saw this one. This was a big story. Yeah. Only fans to prohibit, to prohibit sexually explicit content beginning in October. This is, I mean, such a weird story, obviously, but. I kind of get it. And when I saw it, I wasn't as surprised as maybe some other people. They're like, wait a sec. That's how you built your whole, that's how you bu built your whole thing. How can you possibly do this? But I had remembered, I think it was when Linus had kind of jokingly launched their OnlyFans. Like, you won't do it. I don't know if it was like April Fool's type moment. I don't think it was in April. But anyway, whatever it was. And I ended up finding out about their credit card problems that they have had such a hard time keeping the payment processing companies satisfied hmm. because of, well, chargebacks and just a variety of reasons, a variety of things. And then on top of that, the payment processing companies got nervous to a certain extent over the possibility that people could show up on a, on a site underage or something like that and that they would be somehow connected to such a thing mm -hmm. and because you are the content uh, provider or not the content provider you're the the foundation where the content the, tra can be so the transaction i mean you yeah. control the transaction so yeah. you're kind of uh com complicit to a certain extent mm-hmm I don't know, man. It's it's all very complex, and I'm sure you could say the same thing about a lot of things, but the point being is that the company is trying to raise a bunch of new money, and my understanding was they were just making a boatload of money, but they're trying to raise new uh, more money and become, I don't know, more legitimate, but I don't know. I don't get it because now it's just Patreon over again, it seems like, for the most part. Right. And, and what, what describes as like a... I don't even want to say the word, but here, here listen, oh, like attractive, like pictures and, and video, like what, what constitutes that or what can be described as art in a way? Well, I think people can, no, no, I think they were saying, I line, think they were right? saying nudity is okay, but it, once it, once it gets into sexual, then it's not. So it's like, that's pretty, um, you're right. That's a pretty narrow yeah. line to walk on and it's such a gray area here here's the quote from from OnlyFans: in order to ensure the long-term sustainability of our platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans we must evolve our content guidelines in order to like to open that comment with in order to ensure the long-term sustainability of our platform somebody cracked the whip somebody said it had to be some kind of ultimatum, like we're not going to keep doing business with you. Because I'm, I'm trying to imagine, what if you used crypto or some other payment processing that was less um, restrictive? Mm -hmm. OnlyFans claims more than 2 million creators who it says have earned more than 5 billion on its platform and 130 million users. Last year, the site generated 2 billion in sales and OnlyFans gets a 20% cut. Like that's the part yeah. I can't figure out. But I guess in order to get even bigger than they currently are, and who knows, man, maybe there's some competition that we're unaware of. But for whatever reason, now the company is seeking new investors at a valuation of more than a billion dollars and mm -hmm. has had difficulty in attracting that because investors are nervous about a site like OnlyFans. And I, I guess they just feel like, hey, we got as big as we can possibly get with this angle. Yeah. And now... In order to keep growing, we have to do or be something different. But I understand why people are think that that's a... Well, it is a big switcheroo, isn't it? It is, and yeah. So people, people are going to feel certain ways, aren't they? Uh-huh. Somehow, Japan is making robotic grandkids for lonely grandparents. Yeah. I want to hear your take on this. 
because this could be controversial and it could be uh, taken in many different ways, mm. right? So you're going to take a big <laughs> gulp of coffee and... Uh, the remainder of my dark roast is required. Hopefully uh, describe what's it's going their on It's their dolls. Uh, they're not as um, intense as those real dolls. These look like regular dolls. Yeah, just one. Did you ever see those regular, those real looking dolls? I'm not even asking you to do that right now, but yeah. that's a whole YouTube genre yeah. of, of uh, ones that look human. This one, at least. Uh. Um, what? So these uh, grandparents, they don't have grandkids or they have grandkids, but they don't see them that often. Yeah, something like that. Or it could just be a complete substitute for, you know, a and, lack of... And it of, talks? Uh, They're talking to it. Yes. So it has a little bit of AI built in. It can um, understand who is talking and recognize facial features and detect that person. So um, it can also go to sleep if you uh, hold it and rock it. But that's the extent it's of it. funny. It's not going to cook you dinner or anything. Hey, man, that's exactly <laughs> what I need. Uh, you know what's funny about this is that we see something like this. Yeah. And we feel, you know, uncomfortable, right? Because yeah. it, it, it's very close to home. Like, it's very, you see, them, you see them holding the child here. But then if we were to simulate the whole thing and you were to play a video game in which you did this... Like, it's completely normal to play a video game where you're just shooting and killing people all day mm -hmm. to escape your... But the minute that... It's... It's a tough... It's weird the way we apply different rules in different scenarios. Mm -hmm. If it's completely virtual, it's like, whatever, make-believe, do whatever you want. If it's a movie, watch whatever you want. If it's mm -hmm. Twitch that you were showing me earlier... With the with the licking of the microphones that people are doing, it's like okay, do whatever you want. You that's your thing. Okay, go do that. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, oh, it's a granny playing with a doll. Now that's the weird one. Mm -hmm. Is it the weird one? That's what I'm thinking. Like, is it? I mean, the I'm not gonna say for Japanese culture as a whole, but it does seem like um, you, you don't know, got you don't with, got you don't have that many babies. Well, usually the uh, the old, um, the seniors kind of just live alone, right? They live alone and, and they do things alone. And, you well, know, this, um, obviously, well, for the there's a reason why it's created, like this doll, right? Well, well, for the record, I'm sure there's plenty of Japanese grandparents yeah, who, do, what, who do have, disclaimer. yeah, they're grandkids and they have a wonderful thing going on. But you have a ratio issue. Which yeah. we've talked about in the past as far as populations are concerned. You certainly have the upside down triangle. You have more old people than young people. That, so, so at some point, there's some old person who doesn't interact with young people. Mm -hmm. Mathematically speaking. Uh, not in all cases, but there certainly would be those cases. And then the question becomes, uh, you, should they have a robotic talking grandchild? And apparently this company feels like there's a need for it. Yeah. Right? I think, I mean, we just feel, we just feel, we look at it and we feel, well, isn't it, wouldn't it be nice if these uh, grandmothers uh, ha, ha, were able to interact with the real thing? We, we, we can't help it. Like we, we, you, you're always trying to, in your mind, create the ideal scenario. Mm -hmm. But in a funny way, not in a funny way, in another way of looking at it, is that alternative even realistic for these people? They're like, whatever their age is, there's... 80 years old it ain't happening mm -hmm. so there's the next best thing and then i don't want to get in the way of that if it's giving them it's not hurting anyone if it's helping if it's helping them i want to get in the way of that but i think if you're talking me if you're asking me to zoom out you know if you're asking me to like look at the big picture stuff then uh I think, it, I mean, my ideal scenario would not be this. My ideal scenario would be that, that mm -hmm. they could, wouldn't, wouldn't need the toy or the AI toy robot thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I don't know. This is, 
it's a tough call. It's also because it's a human replacement too. It's it like is, if yeah, it was a ro robot dog, we don't care. We're like, that's okay, yeah, mm -hmm. whatever. But if it kind of looks like a human, it has mm -hmm. human hair. Mm -hmm. It's and also it's affordable. It's also like what if what if you, you know? what if you were to do the same thing with all relationships? What if we all exactly. lived isolated? Like where's the where's the line? And our grandkids and our and our uh, uh, our own uh, friends and family and if everything was like a uh, robotic because it was easier than physically moving things around, or if it was some kind of a, um, virtual version of it. Mm -hmm. as well it's still at some point you get that uneasiness because i think because we i know myself i derive tremendous uh meaning from my interactions with people connection and, uh, connection and uh being part of something and, and and having relationships and things like this so but uh yeah what can you do obviously if there's a demand for it then some people need it and or or want it and 250 bucks what do you think about the price? I I definitely think it's cheap. Yeah, it's not crazy. You know, you some... just gotta replace the batteries, can, can, and then can, you're you're good to go. Can we hear it talking at all? Uh, I think it can we might put, be in this video. Yeah, put here. a little audio on that. I'm just. <laughs> Yeah. I got it. Yeah, I Sounds got like it. a kid. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They have dolls. Like, dolls for kids do that stuff. Sure, yeah. Dolls for kids, they're talking and crying and they do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Will. Who's to say? Yeah, maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they don't help us with the headline. No. When they, when they, they hit, when they hit the, us, the, in the, it's, it, 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 it's the saddest news of the week. Yeah. The, this was... Uh, oh, isn't the saddest news of the week. So, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Go ahead, Will. Move on to the next one. Okay. I'm dead. Here's some lighter news. Missouri mayor wants to give every resident 1000 in Bitcoin. There you go. That's helpful. I'll take it. Where do I got to move to? I got to move to... Missouri. Yeah, but which town? Oh, the town? Um, cool Val Valley. Oh! <laughs> oh, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> cool Valley. Yeah. Residents this of a little-known Missouri town could become the first in the nation to dole out cryptocurrency to its residents. That dream could become a reality if the mayor of Cool Valley, Jason Stewart, has his way. He has begun to raise funds in order to give the town's 1,500 or so residents a crash course in cryptocurrency by giving them 1,000 BTC each. I don't... I have friends whose lives have been completely changed, like going from working a regular nine to five job to being worth over $80 million. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah. He adds that most of the capital to fund the project will be donated from several anonymous Bitcoin investors. I have supportive donors who have agreed to match any money that I raise up to several millions of do million dollars. Okay. So this is people trying to further the Bitcoin cause mm. and they want to be... Uh, embedded in this community in some way, and they're like a thousand bucks in Bitcoin to each resident, fifteen hundred residents. Yeah, we can do that. We're gonna, we can, we got. Eight, what did he say? His pal's got eighty million. Yeah, so his, his pal can hook him up. His pal's got no problem doing such a thing. But it's uh, whether or not it becomes transactional. That's my question. If you give people a bunch of Bitcoin, do they immediately start trading in it, or do they just sit there and look at it? Mm -hmm. Which one do they do? That's uh. That's the mayor's goal is to, like, give them the opportunity to own uh, Bitcoin and let them learn about it. Mm. Let them transact with it mm. and see how it goes. Or just, you know, hold it, invest, whatever. Just get them involved. Little Bitcoin town. Cool valley. Very cool. All right, last one. A Frogger game show. NBC Universal's Peacock adaptation of Konami's ancient arcade game 
start streaming in September. <laughs> when you've done it all. Yeah. Once you and you have you seen it all, what about Frogger in real life? Which is just really one of those wipeout games uh -huh. all over again. It's like an obstacle course. Were, were you ever into these in, into these shows where you're jumping and running and falling in the water? There was one Japanese one was pretty funny. Well, they they started it right before it came to North yeah. America. It was popularized over there. But then I just kind of tuned out. It was funny for the first uh, couple six. episodes. Oh, I was gonna say six minutes. <laughs> no, no, I was invested for a little bit. It's it's because it's just running and jumping. Yes. <laughs> it's. Uh, we have a trailer here that yeah. we're watching. It's cool. I mean, the set is really nice. You got to build this whole elaborate thing. Um. I don't know, man. It's so much. I don't. I don't. What am I supposed to watch these days? What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing, Will? It's, um... I'm trying to think, I, if you just made this show and you uploaded it to YouTube, say you funded it, say it, it, it was just exactly like this, how many views would it get? Would people tune in every time? No. I'm curious. Unless, just, unless the course changes quite a bit. And there's like celebrity involvement, bigger budget. You would need celebrity involvement for it to yeah. get actual views. But somehow the, the they make so much more money on these other streaming services. Uh, like th th because their economic, their model is different. You pay a subscription fee and then they distribute the subs. They're able to fund these projects with these enormous subscription fees and everything else. So they can... Yeah. They can make shows like this and I don't know, uh, hundreds of thousands of people watch it and that's it. It's all, that's all they need for it to be an appeal because you, you get a certain number of subscriptions from it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the same could be said for any of these streaming services that approach more ambitious content than we do here on YouTube because their, their economic, their model is different. Yeah. But, but once, this... when you have all these streaming services though, uh, like, why am I still watching more YouTube than this stuff? Why? Right. That obviously is hard work right there to put that all together. I just can't figure out who it's for. Yeah. And this loses steam really quickly. I mean, remember Ninja Warrior? Who watches that? I'm sure somebody watches it. Somebody, but not everyone. No. Not, you know? not everyone. I don't know, man. I want to know the numbers. I'm, I get really curious about this kind of stuff because... People, we'll just ask our audience. Let us know down in the comments. Is this show exactly what you've been waiting for? Do you need the running? Do you need the jumping? Do you need the swimming? Do you need the frogger? Uh -huh. You should dress up as the frog, by the way. <laughs> Do a whole episode? Does frogger frog? Well, the contestants. Oh! It would make more sense than like just regular people dress what they want. Then you would watch... Definitely. I'll, I'm tuning in. Do they have to jump like frogs too? Do mm -hmm. they have to actually change their movements? Yep. That's what it takes for you. Yeah. What does it take for you out in the... Or else there's penalties. Wow. Costume penalties. Yeah. Non-frog-like movements. Uh-huh. Deduction. What are we talking about? <laughs>